0: Hey, this is Rachel on recovery. We are back with Steve and he's going to tell us the rest of his story about being a significant other of partners with who have been sexually abused. Um, I know we've talked about dissociation. How much, um, regression have you seen or like, is that commonly talked about like the partners regressing to like the age that they were abused and they come out and they act like either, you know, however old when the abuse happened.
1: Yeah, I haven't. I, that's been raised uh, a couple of times, Rachel, but not a lot. Um, what is more common is when a survivor's kids get to be the same age they were when the abuse happened. Mm-hmm. That seems to trigger the onset of flashbacks and issues and because, is that your kid, right, that you love, is now the same age you were when you were first abused. And, you know, you love your kid so much, and you don't want to see anything bad happen to them. And I think that that starts then to stir up a lot of the same issues that the survivor went through, and that's more common trigger, I think. Um, But the regression, I haven't seen that referenced a whole lot.
0: Okay. I mean, it's just something I've had people comment on me about, and I've also, I've heard other people talk about the regressing. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so I was just curious. Um, I see what are like, what are some like big issues that you, what are like maybe the top couple issues you see within relationships with sexual abuse?
1: Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, some of the top ones. Intimacy and trust, which I've talked about. Um, you know, it, it was there and then it went away, um, or it was never quite there, but it was kind of ignored. So, intimacy and trust issues are big. Um, another big issue um, is infidelity. So, um, you know, you, maybe you're partner of a of a survivor and that survivor behind your back without you knowing is on dating sites, looking to hook up with other people. Um, that is fairly common. The the infidelity, whether it's actually carried through or not, um, you know, and that's really confusing for a partner because like, well, you can go have sex with complete strangers practically, but you can't have sex with me who, you know, I've been your husband for the last 10 years. So what gives? You know, people don't understand that. That's another common thing, though, is the the infidelity. Um, anger management issues is big. Um, you know, when uh, when partners start recovery, a lot of times there can be a lot of anger that gets stirred up, and a lot of anger that has to come out because the abuser put so much anger into them as kids. Um, that anger comes out, and it can be very messy. Um, particularly if, you know, you have kids yourself, right? If you're a family with a couple of kids and now mom or dad has all this anger and social isolation and, um, you know, and just happened overnight, then that can be another really big issue. Um, those are sort of the top ones that seem to recur a lot.
0: Okay. Um. How has this impacted, like, uh, uh, parenting and, like, you know, with both partners, like both the mm-hmm. abused, you know, ch- survivors and the and their partners.
1: Well, you know, on a good day, parenting is tough. Um, <laughs> you know, having kids is is not for the faint of heart. Um, having kids when. Um, there's stress in the relationship is, is even tougher. Um, I think kids don't understand, right? Um, part of it's because we try to hide it from them. Part of it is because maybe they're not ready to hear about the, the real causes of, of what's going on. Um, but kids see this, um, and it impacts them. Uh, you might see it, uh, impacted in their behavior in school, um, you might see them favoring one parent or the other. Uh, you know, if um, if the survivor is, is the mom and maybe she's off being promiscuous, um, then the kids look at that and say, that's just not right. And so they are sort of driven away from mom over to dad. Or uh, I've seen, you know, cases too, where um, the survivor, because of, whatever reasons, I'm not sure what reasons, but they might convince the kids that, you know, everything that's happening that's bad with me is because your father, your father's at fault, for example. And then the kids driven away from their, from the partner over to the survivor, the kids get caught up in this, you know, anytime there's a relationship issue, the kids get caught up in it and it's not easy. Um, so, you know, the other thing that happens too is, um, You know, divorce, divorce happens. And uh, when the parents get divorced, um, it can be really tough on the kids.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's also very true. Um, How have you seen it impact, you know, the health of um, partners and their survivors, like from your Mm -hmm. perspective?
1: You know, I can't talk so much for, for the survivors, but uh, for partners, um, you know, I, I do know that there are physical issues. You um, know, anytime you're under a lot of stress, uh, and we know this, it would, regardless of what the stress is, anytime that there's this stress, it does impact your health. Um, it can drive some isolation because, um you know, maybe you become more isolated from friends and family because of behavioral problems or relationship problems, or maybe you just don't have the energy, you know, I'm I'm fairly introverted. So, you know, if I don't have the energy to go out and be social with people, um, you know, that's not a good thing, but, um, you know, it can drive that sort of isolation. Um, when when people are able to work through the issues or they move on either through, you know, dissolving the relationship or divorce. Um, I I know in, in my case, um, my health improved, my um, outlook on life improved a lot. Um, and I've seen that, you know, for other partners too. Um, and it's just, whatever you would think, you know, would be the result of normal stress on a person, I think it's the same thing.
0: Yeah. Um, how has, have you seen this impact finances as partners?
1: Um, it's, yeah, it can have quite an impact. Um, you know, if, if the family relies on both partners being able to work and provide, um, a lot of times when um, a survivor is having trouble, um, performance at work suffers or in the, the ability to hold down a job suffers. Um, think of, you know, the impact of any sort of, uh, you know, challenges like that and how they lead to, um, problems with performance at work. Um, and that, that happens. And so, um, you know, I've read stories of people having to sell their house and move into an apartment or, um, move out of the apartment and live in their cars. I've, I've seen that example too. Um, the other thing, though, that I've seen is, you know, some uh, survivors, their way of coping is to be perfect, right? It's perfection. And so they work a lot. And some of them are like executives in companies. And, you know, when you're working a lot and you're trying to um, sort of, use that as a a way to cover up all the uh, abuse that's bubbling under the surface, then, um, you know, that can make people very successful at work and sort of make them workaholics, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, Different ways to cope. um, How would you say this has impacted, like, the extended family?
1: there can be some pretty dramatic effects on extended family. Um, you know, particularly if the parents were the abusers or the grandparents, aunts or uncles, people like that, when, when those are the, the abusers, um, then there can real, be really uh, big impacts on family dynamics. Um, you know, I've, I've read cases where, you um, you know, the stepdad was the abuser and then the partner learns from the survivor that stepdad's the abuser and then they're like, you know, how do I, how do I hang out with this person who I used to be okay with? How do I hang out with them now without, you know, wanting to beat them into a pulp because they abused my, my partner? Basically, stuff like that. Um, or you see people cutting certain pieces of the family just out, right? I'm just cutting that part of the family out of, our lives, no contact, and uh, and that can be uh, pretty traumatic, I guess. And, um, you know, there's also the push and pull, right? So, um, you know, I want the kids to experience their grandparents, but I don't want them to be around their grandparents because of the abuse that happened. And so, um, it can be kind of confusing. But, you know, anything that impacts um, you know, those relationships is a big deal. And, you know, if there, if the um, abuser was in, you know, the family, then that makes it even a bigger deal.
0: And more times than not, it generally is.
1: It sure can be. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, um how, how have you seen this impact, like partners community and their social life?
1: Um, it's generally, it's detrimental. Um, you know, when there's stress in a relationship or one partner is acting out, um, you, you know, usually, honestly, it's the survivor acting out, um, it can put stress on social relationships. And so, you know, maybe um, you stop getting invited to events from your friends because of your past behavior that was problematic or maybe um, you just don't want to go be around people because you don't have the energy for it. Um, it can, you know, it can have a, a pretty drastic impact on, on social lives for people.
0: Um, I guess another question. Um, mm-hmm. Well, like, did you ever get tired of like, our figuring out a way to like, even when your spouse was just talking about the abuse too much and needing to take like a mental break from that because you couldn't, you know, it was, it was a lot and it is dark.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like how would you communicate that or what was your way of dealing with that or what ways have you noticed other people dealing with that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and that can be um, challenging, right? So communication is, is tough um, because as you touched on it the topics are very sensitive and you know you don't want to hear about them all uh, in a lot of detail um so working on communication with your partner is is a really important thing that can you know some of that can come through couples counseling um and you know there can be some benefit there the challenge i think is you know um Honestly, the, the partners who come to the site, I think one of the reasons they come to the site is because they haven't found couples counseling to be effective. And, um, I, I can echo that sentiment. I never found it particularly effective. And I'm not sure if, um, not sure what's going on with it, with that, but I think, um, you know, couples counseling when, um, you know, one person is recovering from childhood sexual abuse. I think it's, it's tough and I'm not, I don't know if counselors are really equipped for it. Um, but I know that it's, it can be somewhat effective in helping with communication. Um, but again, you know, with communication, both parties have to be willing to work on it, right? So, um, you know, I have this image of, you know, trying to, to move a string just by pushing on one end. You can't push a string, right? No. You got to pull on a string. And so sometimes, you know, if you're trying to work on these things all by yourself and your partner's not willing to do it also, it's like pushing on a string. You know, you're, you're just going to, you're not going to make any progress. You're going to have a lot of effort, but you're not going to make much progress. So, um, you know, that's my experience with communication. It, it is challenging. It really is. There are strategies to, um, to do better with communication. Um, But it's not, it's not a panacea for sure.
0: What are some positive things about being with survivors or good things that people have talked about, about their survivors?
1: You know, the, the good things uh, people talk about are, you know, um, sort of the resilience that they see in their partners, you know, the admiration for their resilience to keep working on things, um, it, it is admirable. it's It's really tough. I mean, i've I've seen it. I haven't experienced it, right? But I've seen recovery um, and what that looks like. It's tough. Um, and And a lot of people admire their partners' resilience and their tenacity for working on recovery. Um, a lot of them have a lot of compassion too, for their partners because you know, this abuse that happened wasn't their fault um they may have been taught that it was or they may think that it was but it wasn't their fault they were um manipulated and abused and um you know it's so there's a lot of compassion there i think a lot of empathy um so you know those are the the two i think common things that i see and and also just you know when you fall in love with someone right you have certain things you admire and those are still there um The challenge is is that, you know, (laughs) if you're not able to work through the relationship issues, then those things erode over time.
0: Yeah. Um, How do you think this has impacted um, your faith and other people's faith, I guess?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting when we pull faith into this because, you know, some of the abuse happens um, through members of the clergy. Not just Catholic priests, but also youth pastors and people like that. Um, and when the abuse is from an institution like that, um, it's pretty bad. Um, I think you know, for some people, it it deepens their faith, and for others, it drives them away. Um, and I think it's a very sort of individual to the partner of the survivor um, on the circumstances. Um, about, you know, where they are and what their personal goals are, what their personal journey has been. And, uh, you know, for me, personally, um, I leaned into my Catholicism for quite a while, found a lot of solace in that. Um, But over time, it eroded. It really did. Um, It eroded because, um, you know, the things that I thought were the right things to do um you know i did all of those and in you know my particular faith getting divorced means you're not allowed to remarry right unless you get this thing called an annulment and the annulment basically says well it never was a valid marriage to begin with it's like yeah you know that just doesn't feel right even though you know getting divorced i can't say that it was never a real marriage and never should have happened um so that was one of the things that sort of chipped away at, at Uh, I guess my religious affiliation, but my faith, I think, is still very deep, because I think they're two different things.
0: Oh, I mean, they most definitely are. Um, Is there anything else you would like to add?
1: Um, You know, I guess I would just, you know, say that if there are, um, you know, survivors listening to this, um, you know, have... uh, maybe encourage your your partner to look at the Support for Partners site, see if there's anything there that they think could benefit them. Because it is tough on partners, you know. Um, You know, if we're being asked to keep this a secret, then we can't talk to anybody else about it. But, you know, the forum is, um, it's a secure site, password protected. Every um, application is reviewed and the forums are monitored to make sure that everything's going okay. But, you know, your partner is going to need some support. And it's I think it's pretty rare that a partner can get through all of this without some support from a peer support group, uh, either online like we have, in person if you can find it, which I think is very rare, or with your own individual counselor. But... um you know for survivors just keep that in mind for your partners they're going through a tough time and you know for part for partners um you know again take a look at the resources out there um you know you can look at the site get your own counselor i highly recommend that um, but i would say you know don't just um sit there waiting for something to happen because that's not how it works um you're gonna have to go get the support and resources you need um Things don't just sort of get better on their own.
0: Yes, that's very true. Um, well, thanks for coming on the show. Um, and thanks for well, your input. Because, I mean, it's it's very helpful for a lot of people out there that, you know, they want to help their partners. And they're like, how do I do this? And, you know, yeah. it is exhausting. And it is, it is hard. Mm-hmm. You know? It is, yeah. Um, so just, you know. Know that there are resources out there to help. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I even tell survivors. You go take
1: advantage of them.
0: Yeah. And I think the big thing, I mean, I've even found it hard to find support groups for survivors themselves unless they're online.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It can be tough.
0: So, I mean, I can't imagine trying to find something, you know, it's like trying to find Al-Anon without an AA group.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, I would love for uh, more in-person support groups to be available. Um, it's just really hard to get those going without some, you know, help from a, a local provider, I think, or or someone who can really do that. But um, yeah, just reach out. Don't 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 stay by yourself. Reach out, friends and family, counselors, support groups, things like that. Okay. Yep.
0: All right, thanks, Steve. Um, all right, guys, thanks for listening to Rachel on Recovery. We've got um, we'll be up next uh, Thursday at ten a.m. And always follow us on your favorite podcast or social media platform, or come to rachelonrecovery.com. on Thanks. Thanks, Rachel. So-